I speak to you in the name of the one holy and living God. Amen. So when I looked at these readings with our fourth and fifth grade parishioners in Quest 45 this week, we drew a great big bullseye to show how Luke charted the path of the story. With Jerusalem, with the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ is in the very center of that bullseye. And through the gospel, Luke uses geography to describe and propel the narrative as Jesus' life and ministry head toward the climax in Jerusalem. Everything culminates there in the center. And the theme and the trajectory of the book of Acts is summed up in the verse we just heard, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The path of the book of Acts is out and beyond. It's a brilliant literary device for the geography indicates the emotional, the theological, and the missional movement of God as Christ becomes incarnate, gathers us together, is killed, and is risen, and then sends us out into the world. Today, as we join the disciples, we find ourselves at a threshold in between. There is a handoff. Up to this point, Jesus has been with us in human form, in flesh, among us. And from this point forward, through the grace of the Holy Spirit, Christ is with us, enfleshed in one another, in our human form. But there is a moment in between, here in the center, ten days if we take the text literally, after Christ ascends to heaven, before the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us in the Feast of Pentecost. What happens in the center between Christ's ascension and the outpouring of the Spirit? In our gathering in Quest 45, we talked of the between times thresholds of our lives. We began in a simple way, the daily experience of walking to school when one is neither at home nor yet at school or in their case, the season of being no longer in one grade and not yet in the next. The students took this up to a deeper, or down to a deeper level, whichever way they went, naming the damage that we've done to our climate and our world while being at a point, we pray, where it's not yet too late to live differently and take things in a different direction. Well, the word of Jesus' teaching that I hear for us today is wait. Wait. Stay here. Be still. This is what he instructs the disciples. 
I want to stop and focus here. Well, because I'm not always very good at waiting myself, and I've noticed that a lot of us get pretty caught up in a high-paced, relentless sense of urgency and activity. Some months ago, I asked a parishioner what she was up to, and she said, I've just gotten my master's degree. That's great, I said. What are you going to do next? I just thought, oh, really, Ledley? I'm glad to say it only took me less than a minute to pause and say, I'm so sorry I asked you that. Never mind what you're going to do next. Congratulations, you just got your master's degree. Let's stay here in this moment. What do you know of being in between? Might this be a time for you to be waiting? Yes, there's much to do. With injustice in the world, people in need, our relationships that need tending. The disciples have these things in mind when they ask, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom? And as soon as the Spirit comes upon them, the disciples will be sent out. But at this moment, Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times. For now, wait. Wait in the city Stay in Jerusalem. So I'd like to reflect briefly on waiting in between in three ways. In times of confusion, in times of discernment, and in times of anticipation or preparation. Sometimes I wait because I don't know where I'm going, and I don't know the best next step. Poet Judy Brown describes a predicament familiar to most of us, this is a poem called The Trough. There is a trough in waves, a low spot, where horizon disappears, and only sky and water are our company. And there we lose our way unless we rest, knowing the wave will bring us to its crest again. There we may drown if we fear, if we let fear hold us within its grip and shake us side to side and leave us flailing, torn, disoriented. But if we rest there in the trough, are silent, being with the low part of the wave, keeping our energy and noticing the shape of things, the flow, then time alone will bring us to another place where we can see horizon, see the land again, regain our sense of where we are and where we need to swim. I've returned to this image time and again, yet the poet speaks of natural phenomena only and I want to weave in the Spirit of God. For we, like the disciples, are blessed with the gifts of promise, of faith, and hope. In waiting, we may return to and draw sustenance from the family narrative of our faith, the stories of Christ, maybe even experiences of God's power in our lives, and we're inspired with a vision of God's promise of beloved community. 
Even so, we lose our bearings. Spiritual teachers in the Ignatian practices observe that we all experience seasons of desolation. When we turn in upon ourselves, feel alone or cut off, and seasons of consolation, when we can see beyond ourselves, feel connected with others, with God, with ourselves. Ignatius teaches that as one it is able, it is good to store up the feelings and experiences we have in those times of consolation, that we remember the mercies of God at a later time and draw nourishment from those depths. Being unclear, waiting in between, also offers its own spiritual opportunity for discernment. The discernment of spirits is an interpretive sorting out of who, where, how God is present in our lives. We may pray to see with all our senses that which may be hidden, to differentiate, to discriminate. The opportunity here is to discern not only which fork in the road to choose, but in discernment we may sort and see how God is present even in absence, in our longing or pain, how God is present in all the times and seasons of our lives. When I feel particularly lost and I don't even know how to pray or what to pray for, I turn to the prayer of an Eastern Orthodox metropolitan named Philaret, who says, Lord, grant me to greet the coming day in peace. Help me to rely upon your holy will. Direct my will. Teach me to pray. Pray yourself in me. Pray yourself in me. When I cannot pray, may God pray within me. As the Apostle Paul reassures us, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And then finally, there are seasons of waiting best described as gestation or preparation. Through my ministry in the Diocese of Newark, I became friends with Dr. Louis Crew, the founder of Integrity, and a leading voice for the church's full inclusion of gay and lesbian persons in the sacraments of the church. And Louis Crew is a flamboyant, brilliant, courageous man. He was very fond of quoting the Beatitudes. He would say rather demurely, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And then he would look up with a defiant twinkle in his eye and say, Look out, the meek are getting ready. Beloved, the Spirit is upon us. We shall be, we are, sent forth as witnesses 
and we have much to do to bring about the kingdom of God. But for right now, stay here in the temple, in the city, praising God until you are clothed with power from on high. Amen.